Well, you only live once, maybe not. And this life right now might be all we've got. So let's contemplate the hereafter while we speculate with some laughter about this grim thing that happens to us all after that final curtain call. But before you take that final breath, let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and this episode's going to be a little bit different. My voice is going to squeak, and I'm going to leave it in there. Why? Because it's organic. Inside joke. You know, in inside jokes, I'm going to get on a topic about that here. Something occurred to me today, just while recording this, in fact, because this is like the 14th take. Um, I... Uh, you know, I, I realize that there are people in your life that you haven't talked to in forever, but you can call them up after two, three years, and it's like you talked yesterday. I've got people like that in my life. Most people do, you know, and, and hopefully you do. I feel bad if you don't. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, sometimes those people go away. Sometimes it's good reasons. Sometimes it's bad reasons. Uh, you know, it's just it's one of those things. It's part of life. But if you do have somebody like that in your life that you can talk to and get back to those inside jokes and find all those goofy little things that you always used to giggle at that nobody else would get except the two of you, I recommend reaching out to them. This episode comes out on Labor Day, and it's a three-day weekend, and of course it comes out on the third day of the three-day weekend, but you know what? If you get this episode early enough, give somebody a call. Most of us are off on that day, or at least a good number of us are. Maybe they are. If not, I challenge you to try and reach out to somebody like that you know, sometime during the week and just uh, reconnect. Send them a text message so they don't get weirded out with you calling at two in the morning. But, uh, you know, and try not to be drunk when you do it. But I, I definitely recommend giving them a call because it'll make your life a little bit happier. It'll make their life a little bit happier, you know. So anyway, my episode today is a little bit different. Um, I kind of screwed the format up a little bit because usually I give an intro of what we talk about a bit or, you know, just... Um, get into what the episode is kind of about, almost like a teaser, if you will. But uh, yeah, I did all that stuff during the recording of the episode itself while the guy was on the phone. And uh, yeah, the guy I'm talking to, I got to know better through this episode. He's actually a friend of one of the people that their passing caused me to decide to do this podcast. Um, As a lot of you know, if you've been listening, I had... Several deaths, all within a short amount of time. And it got me to thinking about doing this podcast. But, um, yeah. Anyway, my conversation with Mike Westendorf is pretty interesting. It's a very James-centric conversation. And James is that friend that was, you know, his friend as well as my friend. But, you know, again, we get into that. But we never met. We met at James's funeral. So I get into that a little bit more in the conversation. But uh, what's interesting about Mike Westendorf and I is... He's very much an intellectual, just like James was. And we talk about different concepts of the afterlife. You know, and I give him things to ponder and he gives me things to ponder. And it was was a really great conversation. So here's my conversation with Mike Westendorf. Hello. Hey, Mike, it's Tim. 
Hey, Tim. How are you, sir? Hey, pretty good, man. How you been? Good. Good, good. good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm already recording, so I figured I'd just get this thing going off with a bang. Who is this? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you had me going. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> well, admittedly... I was wondering... Huh? I was wondering if you were going to remember. No, no, I've I've got to remember. I just uh, I'm I was a minute late. I was actually wrapping up on a different episode, so I figured, you know what, I'm gonna. Eh, hell, we both knew James. James wasn't always the most punctual guy, so he'll be okay if I'm a minute or two late. <laughs> were, were you editing or were you re- recording? I was doing like uh, some intros and outros and stuff from the other episodes. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, just getting it all um, wrapped up, uh, publishing it on Monday. So you know. Can you hear me okay? Audio is good? Uh, audio seems to be okay. Yeah, not too bad. Okay. Um, and we can always adjust it later. As long as it's clean, I can adjust it later. We'll cut all this garbage oh, out here. So, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, how you been, man? Good. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know what? I'm... I'm uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, uh, give a little bit of background, but uh, what's interesting, sure. I just, you know, I, I just want to say this here. What's interesting is Mike and I actually met through a mutual friend, uh, his passing, um, and that, uh, that was our friend James, and he'll probably come up a few times in this episode, but I know I've mentioned James in the past. James is one of the people that really got me starting doing this podcast, so... Um, that's, uh, you know, his passing, and of course, shortly after that, a mutual friend of James and I, his passing, uh, and then, of course, a brother uh, a month after that. So it was a, it was a three in a row for me there, and kind of got me going on this. So for those of you who don't know who James is, he's our mutual friend, and it's interesting because Mike and I really only met there at his funeral. So, God, that almost sounded yep. like more of an intro. <laughs> well, it, it is, and, you know, it's... I. I one of the things I thought was most interesting about the podcast in terms of me uh, being on it is that we met through death. We met through death. Yeah. That's so, you know, and he, as far as I know, you were his, one of his best friends, if not his, his best friend. So you came up every now and then it's just, you know, there was no, I want to, I want to say there was no reason to meet you, but it was just, you know, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, you came Obviously, up a lot, too. Obviously, there was too. a big reason when, when, he, when he died. Absolutely. Um, but you ended up turning out to be an awesome guy, and of course, no wonder he was that. friends with you, and so, uh, yeah, and so that's kind of how we got together. That's Well, and I appreciate that, and, uh, you know, and we've hung out a couple times, uh, but I moved shortly after that, so it wasn't really much right. opportunity for that, but, you know, in some, re- some regards, I kind of wish the three of us had hung out, because I think we would have had some great conversations. That is very true. I, I I share the same sentiment as well. Yeah, that's uh, – but uh, to to kind of give an idea, um, yeah, I, with, with uh, Mike, uh, his – you were kind of – I always got the impression that you were kind of like the – the other man, if you will, <laughs> where it's like, you know, he, my, James would talk I about do, you. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, you know, so it's it's kind of fun. But uh, it's interesting because we're going to be able to discuss, you know, I, there is, of course, a topic that you brought up uh, uh, through email that I really want to get into. But on a, on a short basis, you know, uh, uh, just talking about the fascinating thing of, of you knew a different James than I did. You know, and that's kind of wild. I mean, yeah, there was definitely, I will say this about James. This is not like James was, 
was a different person to everybody. I know people who are different people to uh, to you know two different people, but um, yeah, James was very much. He was just out there. He he didn't really care what you thought. He was like like you know love him or leave him kind of deal. So you probably knew yeah. a very close version of of uh, James and I did too. So, but uh, right. you know, it's just a different side of uh, of the coin, I guess. But um, so you know what? Before I we get into everybody the- has a different face that they put on with with different people i think it's just natural oh of course of course his didn't really deviate that much like you said but i i know what you mean when you say that we knew different james that makes total sense yeah you know the different interests i mean even interests alone i mean i guess if you are someone who you work with and you find out that they're you know on a bowling league or something like that you know they they're going to know different people they're still going to be the same person but the bowling buddies are going to be different from the work buddies, you know? And, Absolutely. Yeah, yep. so that's kind of more like what it would be with James. But James definitely, he didn't deviate too much. Most of the people that knew him knew him the same way, so. Uh, and, but, well, I think the big difference for us is you knew him, and correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, but as far as I know, you knew him pretty young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he and I met I, in high school. I never knew him as a teenager, um, so that's. You know, there's a big difference there. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I saw him go through the different phases of his life, whereas you saw the last couple. Because that's one thing I right. will say about James. People people say that people can't change. James changed. I saw him. He, <laughs> he did. He went, I mean, he went from becoming a priest at one time to plugging yes. his ears and in his tongue and <laughs> wearing bad religion shirts. So, yeah, he definitely better more precise. Yes. Yeah. But, and, uh, and he also went from a Republican to a to a pretty progressive liberal. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, he I helped. Think he, did, he did some campaign work for for some Republicans in Michigan, and then uh, and then at the end there, he was you know he was pretty liberal. He was very yeah. He was very liberal, and uh, he he pretty much to the point where he was on a first name basis at one time with the Republican governor because he had done some stuff. Yep. They called him and the guy that he ran with. Or uh, that he helped. He was his campaign manager of uh, of a former candidate, and uh, he won. He basically beat out an incumbent, and they called him the Giant Slayer. So, yes, yeah. So <laughs> pretty pretty wild about James. Uh, but anyway, you know what? I, James is going to come up numerous times throughout this podcast history. I know, and uh, I want to learn a little bit more about you. You know, I only know okay. of what I heard from James and uh, what. You know, you and I talked when we went out for cigars and drinks that one night, and of course that that was a good night. That was a great night. <laughs> I wish we could have had more of those, but uh, again, you know, I was moving. I think maybe only about a month or two after that, if that. Yeah, that was your big send off. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. The thing about, the thing about those nights, though, because you, you you said you said you wish there would have been more of them, and I, I share that feeling as well. But the the crux is the crux of the issue is. If there is more of them, would you really appreciate them as much? Maybe not. And that's a good point about life in general. You know, yes. that's totally, totally. So, but I did, I did definitely enjoy that and uh, just getting to know you more. But uh, so that being said, what, uh, give me a little bit about your background. I mean, I just knew what I talked to you a little bit at the funeral and then the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm here in Michigan, right in the middle of the mitten. I live <laughs> in Midland, um, which is. Uh, the next city over from Saginaw, which is, uh, I think, where you from or where you lived when you were younger? When I was younger, yeah. I moved up to Bay City, which is, they call them, for those listening, they call them the Tri-Cities. It's Bay City, Midland, and Saginaw, so. Great, great. And I am, 
I, I have to keep in mind that this is not a podcast about James. So no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For, but... Forgive me if I if I slip on that. But I am a uh, I am a journalist turned investment advisor turned journalist. <laughs> um, I have I got a wife and three kids at home. Excellent. I don't know. I don't know what more you need. You you want to know? Um, I'm what? pretty big into politics and 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 law. And that's kind of uh, how I met James. Or uh, keeping in mind, this is not a podcast about James. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's make it about James. That's that's our commonality right there. Is James? I mean, it, we don't have to focus on James. But if he comes up, it's, it's you know that's okay. fine. That's totally fine. And uh, let's see what else. Um, I don't know what more. What, what more do you want to know, Tim? Or what more does the audience usually want to know? I just uh... I, I haven't had any near death experiences. I'm. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm young, but I'm not old. I'm kind of right. I'm kind of right in the middle. Um, I'm old enough to make me think about death on a regular basis. Yeah. I don't know if that's normal or not, <laughs> but I'm also young enough to where, I don't know, maybe I'm not young enough. I like to think I am. Yeah. When you say you're old enough to think about death, uh, I'm a weirdo. I've thought about death since I've been real little. It's It's been around me my whole life, so it's kind of not like, uh, you know, I fixate on it, but it's always been one of those things that I kind of think about, and that's, that's why I... You know, decided to start this podcast is it's it. I felt it was time to do something with this topic. I've been toying with it for years, but uh, you know, I guess that was kind of the kick in the ass I needed was was to have three <laughs> close people die to you know <laughs> to me die. So, but uh, well, is there is there anything you know is there anything specific you wanted to know about my background or me in, in general? Uh, yeah, the journalism. I mean, I I know you and James. Oh, that's, okay, yeah. that's how you met. The journalism. Uh, yes. What's interesting is is if I remember correctly, you guys did a like an alternative press to the yeah one, yeah. Well, I did, and he kind of joined me later on, and I'm, I'm glad he did. He was he was fantastic. Um, but it really started out because I was at the existing uh, student newspaper in college. And I was a managing editor there. And at one point we were hiring columnists and he, he applied. And I don't know how many people we interviewed, I think four or five. Uh, but we, we did not end up hiring. I say we, because I'm, I'm, I'm always been embarrassed to say I, that was a mistake on my part. I should have, uh, should have hired him. Um, but a few months later I started a new newspaper and uh, about a year after that, I was looking for some help and he, uh, applied again, and I I took him up on the offer, and he was fantastic addition to the staff. He was very knowledgeable. He was the smartest person I've ever known Me who too. didn't have a degree. Um, yeah, for yeah, someone who never had a degree. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he had a he had a lot of college credits, but just just a smart person. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. So that's kind of how the journalism. Uh, that's where the journalism comes in. Excellent. And the funny thing about you know the journalism, I I you know, recently started a new journalism project and it's, it's somewhat, I don't know if I want to say it's sad, but you know, I'm, I'm certain that James would be involved with this if, oh, he, yeah. if he was still around. And that's the thing about him dying. It was like, and I know you've said this too, or at least agreed with me when I said it, you know, there's only one person that you really want to talk to about all this and it's, <laughs> it's James and he's not here. And he's not here and it's frustrating. It's, 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 it's so ironic. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh. no, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's, it's what's weird is there are times where I've, I, I'm building a foundation. I haven't really talked about it much right now. It's more film related, but it's something James and I had talked about years ago. 
And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I want to try and pursue that more, but, uh, that's the, t- the subject of that is for another, another episode or, you know, something else, but I keep right. catching myself going, James would be the guy I would ask to, just the other day. Yeah. I was like, you know, yeah. when it comes to nonprofits, when it comes to, he, he formed so many corporations for us yeah, that he went knew, nowhere. He knew all that stuff. He knew that yeah, stuff. It was right. crazy. Yep. You know, he knew something about pretty much everything. I mean, it was Star Trek. It was. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever he, he, he knew. And if he didn't know, he was good at bullshitting too. <laughs> well, if he didn't know, he, you know, if he didn't know, he would he'd come back in a week and he would, and, but then he would exactly, exactly. He was, he was good at, uh, at going and doing research. He, he was yep. basically a, a, a walking encyclopedia. So yes, he really, <laughs> people are going to wonder why we're reaping so much praise in this guy, but <laughs> Well, we, it, we we miss them. So we do, we do. You know, and and, and <laughs> let's let's make some shit up. You know, he solved cold fusion and then just got you know yeah. decided he didn't want to deal with that, so he just threw it out. He didn't tell any of us, but we saw it work in public. You know, but uh, <laughs> no, I uh, 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 the, what's interesting is um, I had a dream about him last night, and maybe because we were doing this today, but I don't dream about anybody that's dead. I, I think wow. I had one dream of my dad in in thirty some years, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and it was just kind of weird. But what was really weird was in my dream I knew he was dead, and it was okay. just it was fascinating because I remember I don't remember much about the dream. I was at some kind of like weirdo flea market carnival or something crazy. It was weird. It was like my wife and my son and I were there, and the whole thing was just bizarre. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I had in my dream I had this presence that James was there and uh uh and all of a sudden I'm like you know what James just where are you I know you're here and he just appeared and it was just like holy shit and I gave him a hug and it was like wow man it's good to see you you know and we talked for a little bit and then the dream like, was over like a ghost or almost like a ghost yeah okay and it was just well, it was really it was just fascinating you know because he would peek around the corner almost like he was messing with me you know and then all of a sudden I'm like come on James sure enough oh well, it's gotta be interesting for your mind though to to just have that, and maybe I'm being too sentimental here, but just to have that chance to see him again, that, that's really cool. Dude, it was awesome. It was awesome. I woke up and it felt like I had talked to him, you know? But, right, uh, like, yeah, more closure and... Exactly. It was, it was almost a chance to say goodbye. Yeah. But that's what's interesting, though, is James has come up in, this, in the podcast before. I've mentioned him before because... One of the things that happened the night he died, and I will tell people this, and I swear on my dad's grave, and I swear on James's grave, this is a feeling I had. And people, they, they, you know, it's very woo-woo, it's very kind of new age type of thing, but my, uh, my wife and I had, I'd gotten the word in the morning, and we had, a, you know, plans, uh, tickets for a concert, and we went to this concert, and I remember, I remember having a conversation with James, in fact, shortly before he died, where he said... It's not that I don't believe in a God. He's like, I just have no proof that there's a God. And it was like, okay, I can, I can understand that, you know? And he said, he's like, it's not that he's athe- you know, an atheist. It's more of an agnostic, as I'm sure with right. your conversations with James, that's more what he said. And, it was, and James was the most logical person I've ever known, you know? And I, I tell people that he was my Spock. I'm my, I'm my own oh, Kirk. He's my Spock and my other friend who I do these podcasts. Uh, he's got another podcast. We're doing the network together. He's more my McCoy. You know, he's the he's a you know, damn it, Jim. <laughs> whereas whereas it was is is uh, uh, James was my Spock. You know, he was the logical one. And okay. 
the day that he died, we we're at this concert, and all of a sudden I got this this feeling, this gut feeling, and I call it almost a cosmic text message where James contacted me. Some is what it felt like with almost a holy shit. We're all here. Everything's fine. And it's kind of like, you know, and maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe it's, you know, truly what happened. But again, this whole por- you know, purpose of this podcast is we don't know what the hell's going on. You right. know, there's no proof of what happens when we die. And I could see James being the kind who's like, you know, dead. Because I talked to a guy who was on the other side and it's a thing called the void. He was like, it's dark. He was conscious of it. And he knew he was he knew he was somewhere bad because it was very very angry, and he wanted to get back. He was dead for almost an hour, you know. And it's crazy, it's a crazy story. But it was almost like I sit there and I think about James going into the, an area like that, going, "Okay, well, it's dark. Logically, I'm dead. I'm going to pass through because what's the point of putting it off? I'm just going to go ahead and go for it and see what happens. And if it's if it's obliteration, then it's obliteration. If it's some kind of afterlife, cool. And that, I could see him doing that." I could see him wanting to understand what's going on. And sure enough, I got this this feeling that he was like, Yeah, shit, we're we're all here. Everybody's here. And it's just Now what do you mean what do you mean when you say that? Like like there's something in other words, the the feeling I got is that humanity does move on to something else. Like, oh, okay. in other words, you know, there are people who so think by there's the we as humanity, we as in humanity. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. uh, 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 you know, and of course from an existential type of feel too, because personally time is just a construct from humanity that we built. I personally think that all time is going on at all times, you know, different dimensions, different, uh, uh, different points of existence. We think in such a linear term, but again, we don't know shit. <laughs> you know, and that's almost as if like, like I had a niece, uh, uh or still have a niece that, uh, my brothers died and, and I'm like, you know what? He doesn't miss you because in his perspective, you're already there. At least that's one of the, that's one of the theories I believe is that time doesn't exist. Oh, that's funny you say that. Yes. I, I agree with that. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you, no, no, please, please. So, t- t- what, 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 when it comes to that, I actually, that gives me a little bit of comfort thinking about James because, and because by the way, he, for the listeners, he died in his sleep. Yes. As best that we can tell. Yeah. And, um, and, and it gives me comfort because in my head, I think about perspective and to me from his perspective, He's still sleeping. I know you might you might disagree because you were talking about the messages and stuff. Well, no, but in my from my perspective, he from his from from my perspective, thinking about his perspective, he's still he he just went to bed. Yeah, and that that to me that makes me feel better than you know from his perspective, he's throwing his hands up waiting to get hit by the semi. You know, to me, him him just going to bed is gives me more comfort than. You know, oh, he's from his perspective, he has a gun in his face for for eternity. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, I, I think I know what you're saying. It's it's uh, it's it's he <clears throat> he passed on quietly. He passed on. Yeah, there was no panic or no, 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 no. pain or you know, it's just it, from my perspective. I, I keep saying the word perspective, but <laughs> he just he doesn't know. There's no. He didn't know. Well, and and the the I don't want to keep bringing up the former guest, but one of the things that happened, and it, and it gives me a theory about this, is this, that I did some research on it after I first talked to him, and then we went into more detail on the episode. 
but it's a thing called the void where, you know, there are people who think when you die, your brain shuts off, but there have been so many people, like I said, this guy was dead for almost an hour and he said it was totally dark, but he was conscious. And there is a theory I have that people who go to that place unknowingly will, will get stuck or will fight or, you know, they, they, they don't want to cross over because they don't understand what's going on. And maybe those become, you know, our ghosts or whatever, because oh, okay. but with James, he would lo- I could see him logically going, well, I did have a weight problem. I did have diabetes. I'm in a dark yeah. void. I'm dead. Okay. Well, there's clearly something else because if there's nothing else there, I wouldn't be experiencing this. Right. You know, so I could see him moving. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, and so I'm thinking the message I got was, and it was about seven, eight hours later after I heard, and who knows how long he stuck there. But again, time is irrelevant. I mean, he could be there a hundred years and to him, it might seem like a minute. So, but right. he, uh, he just kind of reached out. Maybe, maybe he waited for the right time. You know, maybe he contacted me when he knew I would be most receptive. Cause my, my, my I wasn't thinking about him. You know, and that's the thing that really hit me is it was like, I was deep into this concert. I was trying to forget the news I heard because I was like, you know, there's going to be time for that at the funeral. There's going to be time for that over the next year, you know, and it still hits me from time to time, you know? And, uh, so it just, that's the other thing that, that kind of struck me odd is, is it was like, I was not thinking. And then when I did think about it, it wasn't sadness. It was, it was almost bliss because I'm like, wow, that's why I feel like it was something different. But yeah, time Time is irrelevant, and so he's yeah he's just sleeping or he's shit he's listening to a bad religion album right now. You know, I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he had headphones on or something. And I, I, I'm careful to clarify what I'm saying because when I say from his perspective, all I all I mean is, um, I mean, in my opinion, that perspective is gone. Mm-hmm. But um, so I don't know if it even you know, jives with what I'm trying to say, but he, I'm just happy that, you know, from his perspective, he's he, just, he's still, he just didn't wake. He hasn't woken up yet. Yeah. He's just sleeping. Yeah. That actually, yeah, that's the, he hasn't woken up yet. Absolutely. Because in the last thing he said to me, uh, it was a Facebook message. He said, cause we were talking and he was, you know, we were getting ready to, to, to stop talking. He said, I'm shutting down for the night. Oh, Wow. That's a direct quote. That's wild. That's my last words to James. I'm not real happy about. I uh, wasn't bad. We left on good terms. We had what I'm so glad about is we had an opportunity to have. I, I refer to it as the one last good time or one one last good old times because one thing he and I would do all the time is we would. We, God, this is turning into a James podcast. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we have, I, will, I do want to get into the topic, though, that you had sent me through email. But uh, yeah, uh, so we went riding around and we got something to eat and we, uh, you know, we were doing all that kind of stuff. And I think I've even brought this up on episodes in the past, but uh, he uh, he and I were sitting there talking and I had mentioned, you know, how I'm leaving and, you know, I'm getting out of my house and I'm moving away and I don't, I'm not going to buy another house because, it won't be paid off by the time I, you know, I, I won't be alive by the time it's paid off. And I'm like, I'll be in my seventies. He's like, oh, I'll still be here. And the last words out of my mouth was not unless you do something about that weight. I remember you told me that. Yeah, that was rough, man. You know, and, and he had only made peace with it that night. Cause we were out eating and he was like, you know, 
I'm overweight. And I'm like, yeah, James, I made peace with that myself years ago. You know, and I made light of it, and, <laughs> and, it, and it really hit me, you know, that afterwards. But uh, I did text well, I, him. I think with, there were some, you know, other factors there because he, it, for a while, he was good, and then you know, things in his life just kind of happened differently and made him. You know, in the shape that he was. So. Oh yeah, well, and it didn't help that he had that heart condition. You know, I I wonder if that wasn't part of it. Um, I can't. Well, remember I'm sure was that was that might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. But you know, the, the accident and then the mm-hmm. um, just the depression, not totally. like clinical depression, but you know, you you don't work for a few months and you you know you're just sitting around and stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, well, but that's what's interesting is he. The last things that I got from him was a text. Uh, uh, cause I did text or, you know, I had a quick brief text message with him and he was like, Hey, I'm, I got my, my disability approved and, and his yeah. disability, of course, you know, to be able to go back and get, uh, the occupational therapy and all that. And, uh, and, he was and was, what's that? I said, and he was happy about that. He was very I, happy about that. And I was yeah. like, awesome. And that was the last thing I, I actually yeah. communicated with him. You know, the last words was that, but at least with the, at least our last communication was on a happier note. So, and he wasn't upset when I said that thing that I said, it's just, it felt shitty. Cause right, I was like, I think it's just something that you thought about because obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, So it's something that you've had time to dwell and dwell on. Totally. And, yeah. And honestly, he probably just, you know, he probably wouldn't even remember it if you, Oh yeah. If, if you were still alive and you would have, you bring it up right now. Absolutely. He'd be like, about? yeah, totally, totally. So it's <laughs> just, just, you know, when you dwell and dwell on it because of what happened, obviously it's going to, you know, weigh more heavily in your mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and honestly, knowing James, he'd probably laugh about it. He'd, he'd laugh at the irony right. of the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so no, he would. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so you, you contacted me and you asked me, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, I don't remember what the terminology was, but I, I really want to get into this discussion. So we're yeah. done. We're well, done with the da- Oh, go ahead. Yeah, done with the James stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I can, I can, I'll do a nice little segue into it because I, I want to tell you why I brought it up. Because my my beliefs regarding this whole subject are very, um, I don't want to say boring. Okay. Maybe I do want to say boring. Yeah, that's but they're fine. so they're so physiologically straight laced. I don't believe in anything anything paranormal, anything extra physical. I am just as straight science as it gets. Okay. So be, which is very depressing because, <laughs> because that's, that's a horrifying concept. If you truly think to me, it is, if you well. truly think about it. So because of that, you search for all these little loopholes like, Oh, maybe, Oh, but maybe if, Maybe if this is the answer, then maybe, you know, you can get away from oblivion. You're searching for all these loopholes, and I came across one of them uh, that, you know, and again, I don't really believe in this, but it, it gives you enough hope to think, well, maybe maybe this is one way of getting out of eternal darkness, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's quantum immortality. Okay. That's, I could, I knew, I knew quantum was in the word, and uh, yeah. I'm fascinated by my well, rudimentary basic premise knowledge is, of the basic premise is you know there's this, this quantum physics concept to where nothing can be measured until it's observed yes so so if they take death and they if you take death and you're like well we want to put death on the quantum level well then you really can never die because in order to measure something you need to observe it and if and if 
you know, if you get hit by a bus, there's going to be this divergent, this quantum divergent between two realities. And one's going to be your dot, your, you, you die. And the other is going to be you live. And because of the, this quantum effect where you can't measure something until you observe it, you, you literally cannot die. Now, of course, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, like to a layman and just like a cursory glance at that theory, it's it's ridiculous. But you dwell, you delve enough into the uh, you delve deep enough into the Wikipedia article for uh, <laughs> for quantum immortality, and you start, you know, someone like me who doesn't believe in anything, you know, paranormal, mm-hmm. you get you get a little bit of a hope, a little bit of hope. But then, of course, you start thinking of things like, well, wait a second, you know, we live in a, in this particular universe. We, you know, there's 7.5 billion humans and none of them are a thousand years old. So that's got to speak for something. Um, and then you think, well, gosh, what does that mean? Does that mean you're just going to be this big pile of you know, organic material after like 10,000 years? It's just, it's, just, it's ridiculous because you, you, you try to rationalize it and you realize you can't. So you kind of give up on it. Well, but it brings into a whole, it brings into play a whole bunch of other concepts like you know parallel universes exactly yeah all the good all the fun stuff that i know you want to talk about right now. totally right now. well but you know what there's there's a concept i watched this video um and my memory sucks so i don't know if i talked about it to a friend or if i talked about it on a podcast so i might be repeating myself i'm sure i'm going to do that a lot through this series but there was this video i shared out that's called uh we are from the future and it basically talks about how photosynthesis there's a concept of uh, called quantum superposition. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, for those listening, basically what it is is that a photon of light going down to the surface of a a leaf, where basically there are trillions of possibilities for that to happen, so that therefore the one that actually hits the leaf, the rest of them hit another branch, hit another thing. It doesn't have it in its intended uh, 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 outcome that it wants. Uh, the, the, the visual they give is, it'd be like uh, people, like, you know, uh, hundreds of people running through a forest, of course, in this case, trillions, of people running through a forest blindfolded, and the first one to make it through without hitting a tree is the one that becomes the ultimate result, and all the other ones disappear. So, in other words, all of the possibilities of us are existing and the fact that we simply exist means that we are making it to the end and we are the outcome that is meant to happen. Who's yeah, to that's say- kind of exactly like quantum immortality, yeah. Totally, exactly. So maybe there is a version of us on another planet that is a billion years old. Because right. we're all the ones that, that just person. What's that? I said I just don't want to be that person because <laughs> then you get into the whole uh, dilemma of you fear death so much, but then you don't realize how the opposite could be just as bad. Yeah. You know, when you're a million years old and you're just nothing, you're a pile of, like I said, organic material, or you can't do anything or you just, there's no relief from existence, which I know that seems ironic, especially with someone who says they're afraid of oblivion, but those two opposites are, are equally frightening. And, and I don't know which one nature chose. Um, but it, it's like there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground of where we're healthy forever and we're enjoying time with everyone we love and, you know, nothing bad will happen. That's just, you can't have that. Well, Nature has to pick one. And, and I do agree. And I think, 
from some from one standpoint at least is I'm I'm reading a book right now uh uh where basically it's a bunch of different little mini narratives from the afterlife and it's fascinating and one of the one of the stories each one of us is a different take on the afterlife and one of them poses this possibility of if you can live forever there's no reason to excel there's no reason to learn there's no reason to try and better yourself and so in that regard i can understand that that's why again we don't you know the reason for this podcast is maybe that's where reincarnation comes into place maybe when you die you know and again we don't know we the, the only way you know what happens when we die is when we're dead because there are there are items that uh, things in science that we still don't understand i mean shit i've i've listened to I've listened to uh, interviews with uh, uh, people and watched videos on YouTube where they reached out into the farthest reaches of space and they found binary code. They can't explain it, you know. Oh, so wow. yeah, it's 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 fascinating. And so it's like we 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 can't just assume. Oh no, there's no such thing as reincarnation. Really? Prove it. You know, just like this. James said he. I brought James up again. Uh, <laughs> he didn't not believe in a God. He just couldn't because there was no scientific proof, you know? So, Oh, right. No, I, I share that with them because a lot of people will ask me or, or, or even tell me, Oh, you should be, you should believe in a God. You should, you know, it's so much better. And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I would love for that to be the case. There's a difference between wanting that to be the case and actually thinking that's the case. I just can't come to grips with thinking that's the case. I'm not saying that I hate God or any version of oh, God. No, no, of course not. That's... Over the years, but I, it, I would look, trust me, I would take that. Yeah. <laughs> I would take that alternative. I'm just saying from my observations and p- plugging those observations into rational, logical conclusions, I can't get there. I wish I could. I just can't. And, you know, I kind of, you know, we kind of disagree a little bit, you know, which is fine. Yeah, that's but fine. I think, I think that. I think we do know, and I think inherently inside, deep inside, we do know, and the reason why we think we don't, or the reason why some people think we don't, is because, you know, we 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 so greatly fear what we truly know that we try to come up with, you know, these different reasons. Um, I can see that. You know, why, why, why do we get so deeply sad when someone dies, truly? The, 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 the reason is because we know... They're gone. There's no other. You look, especially you look at all these religions. There's there's no reason to be sad when someone dies. If you're, if I mean, even the the, the most gung ho Christians that I know, I don't I don't want to pick on the Christians. The most gung ho <laughs> religious, gung ho religious people that I know, you know, deeply devoted to their faith, they're still sad. There is no reason to be sad. At all, especially if you're deeply devoted to your faith, because 99% of the, you know, faiths on the earth says that, you know, this journey is not our last journey. So why would you be sad? The answer, in my opinion, is because deep down, you know, you know what really is going on. And that's why in the pit of your stomach, you're upset. See, sorry to me, hijack here. No, 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 no. That's, that's what this is all about. This is, you know, this is your episode, but it's. I guess the thing is, is, is seriously, the, the thing is, is that I have to disagree and, and counterpoint. You know, we'll do the point-counterpoint type of deal here. No, go for it, man. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, I understand, I completely understand what you're saying. That, you know, that it's point. It's almost futile to be sad. 
um, because it's a natural point of life. But also, it's like if you, it's futile to be sad if you truly believe that there's an afterlife. Is what I meant to say. However, if you have a friend who comes to visit and you and they leave, you're like you're bummed. Well, that's yeah. bummed to the nth level because you're never going to see them again in this existence. I think that's why people are sad at a funeral. Speaking okay. from a logical standpoint, sure. From a logical standpoint, I, you're going to see them in heaven with Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. But they're still, they could still be sad because they're not going to see that person in this realm of reality. So to me – oh, I, 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 I take that. I, I take what you're saying there. I just I, – I want to say that I, I took that into consideration in my analysis. <laughs> <laughs> and I – I just think that people are so deeply sad and it's, it's even if you said to somebody, I mean, I'm trying to think at a think of a logic. I'm not trying to dismiss your point, but no, no, you know, you could, you, you could take my wife, for example. And if you were to say to me, you know, you're not going to see her for 50 years, but after that, you're, you're going to spend eternity with her. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not eternity, you know, a thousand years. So. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'd be a little upset, you know, naturally. Yeah. I would not, I wouldn't be as upset. I wouldn't be as deeply grieving as I would be if, if, if she just died. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, because the, the 50 years is going to, is, is hard to swallow. Yeah. But man, the, the eternity on the other side of that 50 years is going to go by like nothing. That'll be nothing. Yeah. So but I, in, in my head, I'm thinking that's kind of my my reaction to that. No, that, I I could see that because in 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 a uh, a sliding scale, so to speak, fifty years versus eternity, yeah, that's yeah. that's nothing. So, and, and again, I could see that. I guess really what it comes down to is because believe me, I've I've tried to I've tried to do the opposite side of yours, and the thi- in other words, not like I'm purposely seeking to you know prove that there is no God. But I'm trying to sit there and say, okay, well, what would be a logical reason? And the thing that I keep coming back to, and James and I would have these discussions, um, I'm just yeah. going to put, you know, I'm going to say this episode is Mike Westendorf and James. I'm just going to put that in the title. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's, I'd be honored. But I will do know. that. I will do that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we would have these conversations. Uh, and uh, the big thing that I come back to is if you take it back to, you know, the, the concept of the big bang and, and things of that nature. And, oh and, yeah. I, I, yeah. You yeah, know, there's, there's gotta be what put that there. I mean, and, and here's the thing, everybody has this, this concept of God as being, you know, an old man on a fluffy white cloud, the, you know, right. et cetera, it could et cetera. Be more than that. Or it could be different than that. It could be like a cos- cos- cosmological presence that has, that's not like the traditional role of an old man absolutely it could it yeah. we could be some fourth grader science project but that still oh, doesn't yeah. mean he's not or she's not god you know right. uh, or right. and there we go in the construct of male and female for all we know there's there's 15 different genders you know it, <laughs> well, when it comes to the universe yeah, true. Uh, but I mean, seriously, in terms of, uh, 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 you know, in terms of our concept of that, uh, you know, and people sit there and say, well, you know, why haven't we been visited by aliens? Because for all we know, the dumbest alien is as smart as Neil deGrasse Tyson, and they're not going to bother trying to talk to us, you know? Yeah. In fact, speaking of him, he does give, I don't know, you've probably heard this lecture before, but he gave a lecture that said, you know, look at the way we look at ants. Yes. You know, we, we, yes, we observe them, 
it, I'm not going to put it as good as he said it, but basically it was like, they are not on our level. So there's just some things that we just don't even think about when it comes to them. You know, what are they thinking? It stuff totally, like that. Totally. That, that, that someone on a higher level than us could be thinking about totally. You got to go watch go, just YouTube, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, Ants. <laughs> aliens or something. Aliens. And totally. You'll, you'll see it. But, uh, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, especially when it comes to, you know, the origin theories and everything. For, yeah. What I say about that is I, I don't know. And, yeah. and I'm never going to know it. I'm, I'm leaving it up to the scientists. I think one day we'll know, but right now I, you know, you and I could throw out all these theories. Oh, of course. It's not, it's not based on anything other than, you know, the, the movies we've watched and the cartoons that we've watched and, 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 you know, what people have said to us, I, the people that do the experiments professionally and have, you know, the billions of dollars of equipment, they're going to figure it out before we do. Oh, of course. Opinion. But you know what? Who's well, I'm, just, I'm just going to sit back and wait for them to tell me. Uh, and I know there's some cynics out there going to be like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? You're going to, you know, you're going to let some <laughs> liberal scientists dictate your views. <laughs> but no, that's, you know, that's just the way I operate. When I go to the doctor I t- and, he, and he gives me an option, I, I say, no, 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 you're, you're the doctor. You tell me what to do. You know, <laughs> I don't have the medical degree, so. But you know what? On the flip side of that, though, people are fallible. I, I've got a friend who oh, he yes. went to the yeah. doctor, and the doctor was like, oh, it's just stomach pain. And he went to another doctor, and the doctor said, shit, you got stomach cancer. Yeah, that is that is very true. You know, so it, you can sit there and you can say, because let's be honest, science is going, and I'm not, I'm not trying to argue science. I'm fascinated no, no, by this stuff. But science is going to try and go from the, the lowest common denominator of logic. And logic is, there is nothing beyond this. But it's a case of, I, I've, I've seen too much crazy shit. You know, I've seen too much. I've had s- some weird stuff happen. I've, you know, I've, I've seen pe- people die from nothing. And then the other person goes through the exact same thing and they live without a problem. You know, and I'll, I'll give you an example. My wife flipped off the I-75 into a ditch upside down, walked out with a, without a scratch. And then you see other people who get in a, you know, a fender bender and they die. And yeah. the, the reason I bring that up is that I believe that there are other paranormal in a sense. James always said there's no such thing as paranormal. If, if, it, if it exists, it's normal. Okay, fine. But you know what I mean by paranormal. Everybody I listening no, knows I what I mean by paranormal. Uh, and it, But he's got a good point. Um, but, you know, to, to, to speak in the paranormal type of terms of, you know, there are checkout points. I believe that, they, you know, that maybe we have checkout points. And I've, I've survived some crazy shit. There's, believe it or what not, do, there's what stuff. What do you mean by checkout points? Checkout points where, you know, there's concepts that we are essentially in a big video game. And we're here just kind of living, you know, living this life and coming down to do the roller coaster and, you know, we get bored. Well, there's a checkout point. You can have that checkout point where you almost got hit by a car. You can have that checkout point where you almost drowned. You can have that checkout point where you had a disease and you could have said, fuck it. I'm going to go through and just let it happen. You know, it's, it's, that's just, again, another concept. And so I sit there and think, okay, well, who's, who wrote that video game? You know, who wrote this (laughs) roller coaster ride? I I still think, you know, that we are, for all we know, we're in a big giant video arcade. Like, uh, there was an episode of Rick and Morty that kind of got on that subject 
where <laughs> they lived on a they, they go and they plug into this video game called Roy and he lives an entire lifetime and all of a sudden he dies and then pulls the headset off and he's like, Holy shit, what the hell happened? You know, and and in his mind he lifted that lived that existence. For all we know, we're doing something like yeah. that. You like know? like the Matrix or something. Like the Matrix, like a sim you know, simulation, like uh, you know, you know, That's, again back I mean, to the that, binary. Those theories are comforting to me because <laughs> because well and I say that because, you know, for my my beliefs are so so vanilla that um, <laughs> th- that would just be that'd be awesome. Yeah, but, to be able um, to wake up to that, you know. Well, just to have any alternative besides what I, you know, what I think would be would be amazing. And that's you know, I, I guess, I guess, if anything, just to fantasize about that, you know, to uh, to be able to sit and imagine what possible things could happen, but. Speaking from yeah, I think the worst part about my the worst part about my personal theory is that it's not provable. There, like if you if I'm correct, and I know that's a big if, but you know, there's no like gotcha moment or aha. It's like it's it's literally you're it's impossible to to even not 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 to tell anybody, but to even realize, you know, what's going on in death. It's just it's it's it. That's it, and there's no. There's no provable anything. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that that makes it well. The, the unfortunate irony of death is we don't know 100 percent what happens until we're dead. It's like the biggest. It's the biggest prank played on people. Right. Well, but what I'm saying is we don't even know. We don't even know after death. There's How do we just, know? There's, there's no no. Well, I'm saying like in my from what I'm my belief is. Oh, what you're believing? That there's no. There's no. There's no like, aha, this is death. No, there's none of that. It's just, it's just, you know, you know what I mean? Just yeah, you just out. unplug kind of thing. So right, exactly. No, and, and that's again, it's... like, like I'll give you an example. I I passed out a few times in life, and you know, there's been times where I just I woke up from getting passed out, and there's like all these people, you know, around you, and I don't even remember, I don't remember going out. Oh no, me, I, I've had that to same me, that's feeling. Going to be like, I I me, have had like, that. Boom. It, it, I know yeah. you have actually. When I was saying that, I'm like, "Oh, he—that's happened to him." <laughs> With the seizures, totally. And where all yeah, of a sudden yeah. it's like you're sitting there, and I'm, usually it happens in my sleep. But who's to say that a seizure isn't something completely different, or, or not a seizure, but a blackout like that is something different? For all we know, right. that period of time—the reason why James contacted me eight hours later—is maybe that's how long it takes for the brain to finally die. We yeah, know. I mean- you know, we, we've we've seen that. You know, you, you see documentaries about severed heads, and the brain yep, lives yep. for ten seconds, et cetera. How do we know that that doesn't live for two days? Yeah, there's like brain activity and wires. Exactly. And stuff like that. Yeah. So for for all we know, we've never been able to you know track it because we've never been able to really test because the the neurons that are firing are on such a microscopic level that. It's kind of like right. the equivalent. It, it, I gave this analogy to a friend of mine the other day on a different topic, but it 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 it's, it, it fits in with this here too. Is for all we know, you know, the planet is six and a half billion years or seven billion years old or whatever, or you know, six thousand for certain listeners. Anyway, <laughs> but the, uh, seven billion years old, six billion somewhere in that neighborhood. For all we know, they know of five. There's a point to this. They know of five extinction level events that have happened. But for all yes. we know, there were if there were civilizations that lived 30 miles beneath the ground 
and we just don't have any proof of them. And people say, well, you know, we can drill 30 miles down and we haven't found anything. Okay, that would be the equivalent of taking a pin, sticking it into a, shit, uh, bowling ball, even bigger than that, a pin and sticking it into a hot air balloon and saying, nope, there's nothing two inches down. Yeah. You know, so for all we know, we, you know, there have been so many different uh, civilizations and things like that living. So we only can go so far into the brain. We can only probe so far into the brain. Maybe it's a matter of going down, you know, testing 100% of the brain on such a microscopic sub quantum level is where the neurons are firing. And then they're dead after, after 10 hours, eight hours, two hours, whatever. Do you? Do you think that we are ever, when I say we, I mean the human race, do you think we're ever going to cure death? I think it is possible with stem cell research, with things of, I've, I've read articles where people are able to slow down the aging process and even reverse the aging process. The only problem with that is I think we could stop the body from dying. I don't think we're going to be able to stop, at least not, any foreseeable future, but again, who would have thought we'd been able to watch movies on our cell phone? Um, that's true. Like you're saying that the brain probably has a finite lifespan. That's what I'm thinking. The brain. See, now I'm wondering, you know, okay, how do we download it? How, how do we download that into, you know, a device so that it doesn't die? Totally. Totally. And there's been speculation. In fact, I've seen movies of that, but that is a very valid point because if you could, if you could download the consciousness, into something, but then would it really be that person, or would it just be a clone, or would it just be a a, a, a copy? You know, you can right. have the well, Mona then, Lisa, and you can have a print of the Mona Lisa. Well, which one's well, more then valuable? That also, you know, that really begs another, a deeper question of not only is it just a copy, but well, what is? Because you said, well, is it really that person? Well, what really is that person? Good point. Is it is it the memories? Is it the collection of cells? I mean, we're getting to deep some deep stuff here. Oh yeah, I love this there, shit. There is a. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Do you know what a Dyson sphere is? Uh, yeah, I think so. Is that the um, is that the one that has like various different uh, dimensions on it? It is a it's a hypothetical object that future humans might be able to create around a star. Okay. So what happens is you you build enough material, you get all this material, and I, when I say material, I mean like you know bigger than the earth material and gotcha. you build a sphere you build a sphere around the sun oh i was way off then earth. okay <laughs> yeah well that's okay i was i tried to say that gracefully no <laughs> no you're dumb tim this is what it is <laughs> well and then they they what happens is you build it to use the energy of the star because in all directions you're collecting all this energy it's it's just this amazing amount of energy gotcha. well there's another um there's another level to that and i'm I hate to keep directing people to Wikipedia, but <laughs> there's a, I forget what it's called. It's called a something computer. Okay. And what it is, is instead of a Dyson sphere, it's like a collection of Dyson spheres. Like what are those Russian dolls that you open up one and there's yeah. another small. I know what you're talking about. Totally. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's just in the middle of this is a star and there's a sphere around it. And then at another level, there's another sphere and it's collecting all this energy. So basically you're utilizing the entire energy of the star. And that's such a great amount of energy that it creates this computer. It creates this computer that has so much energy. And when I mean so much, I mean 
you're 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 in your head right now. You're underestimating the amount of energy that this, on, this on, thing is. Yeah, we we couldn't it's comprehend it. Yeah, this computer would be so complex that it'd be like a super quantum computer. Like you could have like multiple universes inside this computer, and they. And one of the things I was reading was instead of, you know, everyone thinks that humans are going to go explore, you know, a la Star Trek, mm-hmm. which by the way, I'm, I'm a huge Trekkie. <laughs> Have not, you watched, not, not to, not to deviate too not much. Not original but, series. I'm a, I'm a TNG kind of guy. Absolutely. But, did you see Picard, the trailer for that? Just got to say, check it out if you haven't. Okay. I, I did. And I cried. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's awesome looking. Okay. Enough yes, about that. That's for another I, day. I, I was hysterical. I texted my wife and <laughs> she didn't understand. She didn't understand why I was so emotional about it. <laughs> That's like, awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> but anyways, you know, you basically, instead of humans turning outward and exploring, they turn inward to a star and they download their minds into this supercomputer and they're able to simulate any universe, multiple universes, instead of try to just live in one existentially. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting away, but you no, need to read that. I will definitely read that. check that out. It's fascinating. It's called a Dyson again, Sphere? Well, the Dyson sphere is is just the one aspect of it's it's oh, what's it called? It's like it's called a something computer okay. around a star. Got it. I'll, I'll, if I look up Dyson sphere, I could probably find that. Yes. Okay. Or, or like Dyson computer or something. But you know, and again, that's another one of these loopholes that I'm looking for. Like, how do I get out of this? You know, and then of course you again, just like with the quantum immortality, you start rationalizing. Like, well, what if an asteroid hits the computer and then it's all done? <laughs> Yeah, like, are, would they have the technology to 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 repair it? Would we have slaves working to repair it? Because if we're downloaded into a computer, are there physical slaves out there that are helping us? You know, and then you run into, like, the morality of having people that, you know, because then you get, you know, speaking of Picard, you, you think like Picard, and you're like, uh, yeah. you know, oh, you can't have slave labor, you know? <laughs> Everybody's or, or equal. Even if it's computers, then you could sit there and wonder, well, what if they become sentient and realize that they're being taken advantage of and destroy the whole thing, the AI, etc. I, I, yeah, I totally exactly. see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And it's, but what if, what if those uh, Dyson spheres can be in almost a, uh, or not Dyson spheres, but the the, the computer could be yeah. in almost. Um, I can't think of the the concept. There, uh, uh, there's a. It's used in Bitcoin. Where basically Bitcoin, it is so spread out, uh, more than just like IP. It's like decentralized. Yeah, and so it's so spread out. What if there is a series of these computers, and so they're always constantly being backed up, so that if one gets hit by an yeah, asteroid, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. So there's that possibility. I mean, so I, in, I think if we ever get there, that would be the definition of heaven. Because if you think about it, if you're if you are able to be a part of a computer that is so it has so much computational power. You can literally change universes at will. And what I mean by that is it's basically like you're dreaming yeah. and you control it. You control every aspect of it. You can, for, for all time, you can live every possible outcome in the universe. To, I mean, to me, that's just crazy. Like I'm walking down the street one day and, uh, you know, okay. So, you know, instantly there's a billion dollars in my pocket. Let's go, let's go live in this universe for you. Basically you're like uh you're like Bruce almighty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is now here's something to say. Who's to say we don't have that because I'm going to bring this point up 
there's this whole thing, and again, to get a little woo-woo, this is where the, I'm sure you've heard of the concept of the law of attraction. Believe it or not, you know, kind of thing, follow it or not kind of thing. There yeah. is like the old uh, uh, Napoleon Hill type of people and all that from a business standpoint will say, you know, the more you think of something, the more you'll start attracting yeah. it in some regard. Well, who's, yep. you know, and, and, and there's that movie, The Secret, which get into it or not. I, I was, I was fascinated by it first. And I remember I, I know down, what you mean. I know exactly what you mean though. Yeah. I told Yeah. So it's like, you can't have that car just show up in your living room automatically, <laughs> you know? So, but it's like, what if we have that ability? We just don't know how, you know, we have that ability I, with, with this, with the star computer. It's like instant. It's like, Oh yeah. But it, can... it would be if we, if we could grab, you know, if we're living theoretically, if we're living in that computer now and the, by the mere sense that you thought of it means that yeah. from a collective consciousness, see, I love mixing, I love mixing metaphysical and science and woo woo and all that shit together. That blows my <laughs> mind. So from a collective consciousness, the fact that you were even thinking about it and the other people are thinking about these computers means maybe it exists. And I'm going to look up what that's called. Yeah, I want to know what that computer is. <laughs> we are taking a break. We're just going to have you look it up here, but we'll keep talking. But uh, Yeah. Yeah, th- th- see, this, this is the root of this whole podcast, is the whole what if. Because, you know, I, I personally can't believe that it just ends. But I'm not saying that that's I don't a possibility. Want to believe that. And you don't want to believe that. Exactly. You're right. looking for answers. And James, James said... If if that is the thing, and again, I, I can't because I've seen too much crazy shit and I've witnessed too much crazy shit and I've come close to death myself. Believe it or not, I had some illness when I was a kid that I shouldn't be walking, I shouldn't be seeing, I shouldn't be talking. Right. You know, they my they my dad stopped visiting me because the doctor said he's not gonna make it. You know, so it's like now I'm not saying that that's reason enough alone, but it's just it's one of the many things, you know, that uh that that makes me go there's got to be something else you know that there, there's got to be a reason for just our existence there's too much perfection in the concept of you know how a dog is made from how a, a a gorilla is made to a human to you know even even smaller things and you know and people would say well that's evolution of course it's evolution but somebody had to guide that i don't think that can happen by chance that would be the fact that we're here would be the equivalence of I've used this analogy before of of taking an, a, a dart and throwing it at a dartboard on Jupiter and hitting bullseye 300 times in a row. You know, it's just there's too much perfectionism. There's too much logic to well, how... Well, you could, you know, you could turn that around and say, and some, I should say <clears throat> someone could turn that around and say, well, there's a reason why we haven't found anybody else because we're so rare that, you know, that's called the rare earth hypothesis, which I, I do subscribe to that theory. That... I, I found out I found out what it's called, and it's it's those those Russian dolls. Mm-hmm. They're called Met, Matryoshka dolls. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And this this computer thing is called a Matryoshka brain. How do you spell Matryoshka? M A T R I O S H K A. And if you if you don't mind, I'll just read briefly. Yeah, please do. The this first is paragraph it says. It's a hypothetical megastructure, first proposed by Robert Bradbury, based on the Dyson sphere, of immense computational capacity. It is an example of a Class B stellar engine employing the entire energy output of a star to drive computer systems. And it, it derives its name from the, the nesting Russian Matryoshka dolls. 
and basically, and I'll be real brief here. I won't, I won't hijack the podcast. No, 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 this is good. The concept of the brain comes from the idea of using Dyson spheres to power an enormous star-sized computer. Um, The innermost Dyson sphere of the Matryoshka brain would draw energy directly from the star it surrounds and give off large amount of waste heat while computing at a high temperature. And then the next sphere would absorb the waste heat and then use it for its computational purposes while giving off waste heat of its own. This heat would be absorbed by the next sphere and so on with each sphere giving off less heat than the one before it. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then the, lastly, you know, some possible uses of an immense computational resource have been proposed. One idea is to use it to run perfect simulations or uploads of human minds into virtual reality spaces uh, supported by the structure. And this one guy went even so far as to suggest that a sufficiently powerful species utilizing enough raw processing power could launch attacks upon and manipulate the structure of the universe itself. It could allow simulating entire alternate universes. And that's to me, that's just fascinating. That is fascinating. That's, that's some pretty wild stuff. I love, I love when you can mix, you know, quantum metaphysics with existentialism into something like that, where, yeah, that blows my mind. That stuff blows my mind. But getting back to that whole rare earth thing, I, yes. I know, I know what you're saying. Um, I'm familiar with the concept that it's rare, but here's the thing: it's like is, the Fermi paradox. It's the opposite of the Fermi paradox. Uh, I'm not. I guess I'm not familiar with that one. Which one is that? Fermi paradox is basically says that mathematically, it, it's it'd be almost impossible that we're alone in the universe. Exactly, but but just the name rare Earth would imply it doesn't say only Earth. It says rare right. Earth. So right. rare, I would I would say from a concept of rare, sure. If there are billions of, of, of galaxies and within each of those galaxies is billions of, of planets and solar systems and things of that nature, we're talking, for all intents and purposes, a Google of planets, yeah. you know, or, or, or of, of, of solar structures. We, there might be one with a thousand zeros. And that's how many people, how many planets have life. And that would still be billions. You know, the numbers right. are astronomical. So based upon that, there still has to be, again, it comes back yeah. to that concept. There still has to be somebody who, who constructed all this. Right. Some... That's, kind of the, that's kind of the opposite of the rare earth hypothesis is, you know, just mathematically it's so large that there's got to be. There has and to then be. of course, you, then you, then, well, then you can rationalize that and say, well, yeah, maybe, but there's the universe is so big, they're so far away, and then you have the expanding universe, and and there, there's no way they're going to reach each other anyway. So, you know, like one example is the the galaxies are redshifting, which means they're moving away from each other, and pretty soon, I, I shouldn't say pretty soon, within like a billion years or something, uh, everybody in the Milky Way is not going to be able to see any other galaxy. It'll just be they'll just you know if if they don't have our history books, they're just going to or our science our science books. They're just going to think that they're in this floating island, which is what we actually thought back in the 1800s. They're not going to have any. They're not going to have any concept of other galaxies. You know, kind of talk, kind of circling back to what we originally were talking about. You know, when it comes to perspective. Oh yeah, but yeah. I, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think you were you were going to say something. Um, I, no, basically that that's it's it's that whole you know mathematically infinite of uh, of possibilities that there's right. You know, it's it it really. I guess the thing is, is it, it all still comes back to the one thing that holds every one of these episodes together is the fact that we won't know until it happens to us. 
and it's going to happen to everybody. It happens. Yeah. You know. Remember, I I think that I think that you won't even know after it happens. And that's exactly that is <laughs> well. And and here's the thing: is you could look at that from several ways. You don't know what happens because you come back, or you don't know what happens because you're in another place, or you're in a place that's so similar to this that you didn't even notice that it happened. You know, one thing I really want is I I would like a replay. <laughs> Can you give me a redo, but but have me keep the knowledge? That, oh, yeah. That would be awesome. To be but, born with well, all this stuff. Course, again, <laughs> you try to rationalize it, and then you think, well, wait a second. You know, if that was actually the case, this would have to be the first run because I don't know shit about <laughs> tomorrow. So True, true. That's uh, otherwise, yeah, you would know if everything. If you do get a replay, this is my this is my first run. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's the uh, the way the program is designed is is you don't get to remember it and you just kind of yeah. go through and do it different different ways. Again, going back to that whole photosynthesis, right. you know, which to me is just as tragic as as having nothing be there in the first place. Because if you don't remember, then it, it just doesn't matter. In well, my opinion. you know, the thing is though is that I've heard different theories on. That whole concept of where you go back to, they call it source energy, you know, because we are all energy and matter and protons, et cetera. And and you go back to source energy and the analogy that was given to me by my wife years ago, because I had the same kind of thing. And it was like, yeah, but what's the point if you go back to source energy? And she says, yeah, but, you know, you, you still keep the essence of what you are of the, you know, your, your, your spirit, so to speak, or but you you might lose the ego. You might lose maybe, the individuality. Maybe that's like how you have deja vu moments or something like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, it's 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 she, she, the way she put it was, you know, you could be a drop of rain, but you could then f- become part of the puddle and then go back to the ocean. Uh, and yeah. and so we might forget that stuff because who knows how many times we've come around? Or maybe this is a one time and one and done. You know, but it's you lose that uh, when you go back to source, but you don't know. You don't know that you are not part of that and not part of this because at that point it doesn't matter. When you, just like your tastes change. When you're a kid, Brussels sprouts are disgusting, but you forget about that when you're older and you like Brussels sprouts or whatever. Yeah. Asparagus, you know? Yeah. Where when you're on that other plane of existence, all this is irrelevant. We think in such a linear term, we think in such a yeah. three-dimensional being living in a four-dimensional world that that's all we are able to grasp. For all we know, there is an ecstasy that we don't even know, and it becomes yeah. part of you know something like the Dyson Sphere or whatever. You know, that. Well, it's like what you were just saying. It's sort of like ants on the Mobius Strip where – I don't know if you know what a Mobius Strip is. That's – yes, exactly. But they don't know. They're just walking around this this surface, and they don't know that it's all connected and weird. And you know, it's just another dimension that they're not aware of. That they're not aware of. In fact, uh, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Mobius uh, Strip because somebody drew one of those on our on our dry erase board at work for some reason. So <laughs> <laughs> just the other day too. So that's kind of ironic, but uh, or coincidental, oh. I should say. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, that's that I I could talk about this shit for hours. I love I'm this stuff. Right. <laughs> I really love this stuff, but we should wrap it up and uh Yeah. I'll tell you what Mike, um you know, maybe we could continue this uh at another point either in in person or or even on another episode, but definitely yeah. keep in touch. You know, you got my number, at least uh, I think you do. I know I, when I typed I in yours it it popped up with your name, so let's yeah, keep when in you contact. Called it, it, your name popped up, so. <laughs> well, you had me going when you were like, "Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, who is this?" <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, I appreciate you talking with me, man, with, with me, man. Hey, no uh, problem. I, uh, I definitely, uh, um, I'll, yeah, I, this is good stuff. It was nice to be able to reminisce about James from almost like a, it felt like 
we had 80% in common, but there was that 20% that was different about, about what we knew of them, you know, and we could go on right. that about for hours, I'm sure. But, uh, right. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, James, for joining me on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you thank later, you, man. Tim. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good night. Hey, you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Mike Westendorf. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I forgot. I went out with him one time for drinks and cigars shortly after the funeral. So I do know him a little bit better than I thought. But again, my memory's out of a starfish. So, anyway, if you want to learn more about his newspaper, you can check it out at chemicalcitypaper.com. I definitely recommend checking into it and uh, get to know a little bit about that city he lives in. So, in the meantime, you know... Have yourself a good day, have yourself a good life, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Reach out to that friend. Make their life and their day a little better, too. Take care of yourselves.